Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. I'm here just to preach just for a couple minutes. Uh, especially to those that will be glad to meet them and those who aren't quite ready yet. I'm so glad that we're celebrating um, all that God is doing, but I hope today to share with you why we're going to celebrate until he comes back every Sunday. Lord willing, here and in all the places that he does send us. Uh, My name's Delvin. I uh, do serve as the next-gen pastor here and overseeing our campus outreaches. Um, Yeah, praise God. Uh, I'm just a servant of servants. And so I'm here to serve you parents that are, that are as we heard uh, Ashley's testimony, and here to serve our college students, which, praise God, this is the best time of year. They're back. Uh, between that and college football, I don't know what to be the most excited about. And so many of them uh, don't live here, aren't from here, but they migrate and come back. I don't, if you don't know, we have 55,000 students right here in our city, and it, they're, they're the future leaders of tomorrow. And if we'll reach them here, they will go anywhere that God sends them. And that's part of my testimony. I would, just a couple verses here today I want to share from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to put them on the screen for you. And so just two verses that I'm going to share with us really brief. It's, it's verse 5 and 7 of 2 Corinthians 4. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for we proclaim, what we proclaim is not ourselves, but is Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. But we, in verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Just real brief, I, 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 I wanna tell you really just two things today. And one is that Jesus is more valuable than you think. As, as a sophomore at college, you know, it, pa- Pastor James will uh, share a little bit more about something new we're happening, but a moment like what's happening today happened uh, over two decades ago here in this church. There was a call to say, hey, let, we need to start a new church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I was so glad that this call came. I wasn't there, but I was at, at the same time transferring to Middle Tennessee State, and I'm so glad that a handful of families said, yes to God, I'll follow you anywhere. And they moved, some of them, to Murfreesboro, Tennessee to start a brand new church to have one foot on the campus and one foot in the community. And that's how they started the church, reaching out to Oakland High School and MTSU. I had transferred to MTSU to play football, and thank God that church showed up earlier that year. Because I transferred in that fall, my, my first year on campus, and I got to my darkest place, and lo and behold, I wound up in this church. Nothing to it. I, I, it was in a, ba- a ballet ballroom with mirrors all around, so it looked like a million people were in attendance. You can imagine a room with mirrors everywhere. Everything moves. It's like, man, I'm not in a state fair right now. And it was underwhelming, to say the least. There's 20 people there, maybe. But someone came out of that crowd and shook my hand and said, hey, I'm going to be on your campus in the bottom of a dorm doing a Bible study. My heart leapt. And I'm so glad that uh, the, the, the powerful thing that I started to find out is that Jesus was more valuable than I thought. We just read the words of Jesus. 
And here's the thing. Paul says in this verse, at least one of the verses that we just shared, verse 5, that we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. So what does that mean? I'll say this is the opposite of what it means. In, in the South, everybody has Jesus as a firefighter. Firefighter Jesus is this. I know 911 is what I'm supposed to press. And when I call 911, I know I'm going to get somebody and they will show up to my immediate beckoning need and the fire that's going on in my life. Some of us, if we're honest, that's why we're at church today. There's a fire going on in our lives. We don't know how to put it out. We don't know what to do next, but we know Jesus might be the hope. And so we'll call upon him and we'll try our best to bring him near because he can fix it. This is the Jesus that many of us have in the South. Many of our college students, this is what they've grown up with. They come to campus here, and we have to say, no, 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 hold on, hold on. We're not saying that. We're saying Jesus is Lord. What do we mean by that? Why are we proclaiming that Jesus is Lord? Why is Paul going out of his way to say, we proclaim Jesus is Lord, not ourselves? It's because Jesus is Lord is a catchphrase that means everything belongs to God. And that Jesus Christ is supposed to be the supreme leader, ruler of our life. As an athlete, I always understood athlete analogies, so I'll just use it. He's the head coach. A head coach runs the plays and tells you the plays to run, and you fall in line or you're out the game. (laughs) You're sitting over by the coach. He's the leader. Here's my question to you today. Is this Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he he the absolute uh, leader of your life? Or is Christianity just a set of uh, rules and do's and don'ts to help you become a better State Farm agent? Like a State Farm agent, like like a good neighbor, what State Farm is there, right? That's not Christianity. That's not the Christianity of the Bible. Paul says Jesus is supposed to be the Lord. We're supposed to get off of the throne of our life and directing our life and telling him what to do. And genie in the bottle, you show up now and you do things the way I want you to do it. You never let me have stress. You never have, let me have pressure. You never let me have problems. And instead, Paul says that Jesus is Lord. He's over it all. That means he can use the worst parts of your life and use them for good. That means that he can transform your past and change it into an alternative future and reality for you. This is the power of Jesus being Lord. Here's the thing about Jesus being Lord. This is what we're saying, is that when Jesus walked and he talked on the pages of Scripture, he talked fully as someone who was fully God and fully man. He, he walked around, and, and these are the powerful things, again, about Jesus. He's like walking on water. He's feeding uh, thousands with just a couple, you know, a, a fish combo meal from, you know, Wendy's or something. He, he, he heals people. He rose people from the dead, showed up at funerals. He, 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 uh, he forgave sin. He just said, hey, your sins are forgiven. He changed people's names. No, that's not your name anymore. I'm going to change it. It's not a nickname now. This is who you are. That's talking like someone who thinks that they're God. But equally, he did this. He was hungry. He was tempted by Satan. He was stabbed in the back by the people closest to him and at his very worst hour was abandoned, left for dead, literally died. They didn't step in. They didn't try to prevent it. Here's the thing. We see a Jesus who's a both and. And this is what I'm here to say. When we say Jesus is Lord, what we mean is that Jesus is better than you think. 
He's bigger than you think. He's stronger than you think. He's more wise than you think. He's richer than you think. He, he knows exactly what to do more than you think. He's holier than you think. He's more righteous than you think. He's more beautiful than you think. He is more amazing than you could ever think or imagine. That's what we're saying. Jesus is Lord. The greatest thing you could ever think about and dwell on. Jesus is more valuable than you think. The second thing I'll say from these verses is that you are most or more valuable when you have Jesus than you think. Notice what he says. I love this. I mean, this, this humbled me when I read it. He said that we have this treasure in jars of clay. If you put my picture up uh, of, the, of the, the jars of clay today, I had a slide with some pictures. Now, in, in the first century, uh, clay jars, that's how you carried things. You carried oil, you carried perfume, you carried flour. The, these, these, maybe the one in the middle is more of a flower pot. The ones on the side are maybe for oil, fragrances, perfumes. But they were, they were made to be broken. You see, you didn't just have clay vessels to stare at and go, man, that's really a nice vessel. That vessel had a purpose. It was to be a container that eventually was to be emptied. It was to be spent. It was to be reused. It was to be, uh, to, to be uh, just for a purpose to be carried on for someone else. And here's the thing today. You are more valuable with Jesus than you think. I don't care what stage of life you're at. What I love about Jesus is he spent three years it's about the time a college student's in college. He spent three years with 120 by the end of his ministry. So he didn't have a large ministry. He didn't have thousands of people in his congregation. He had 12 that he poured into primarily. They were probably teenagers. He invested in 12. Again, I, I don't think if I've got the treasure, if I'm the treasure of the whole world, I'm not thinking I'm going to pour myself into those aged earthen vessels. But he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to pour my life, my heart, my joy, my, my teachings, my way of life, my, my, my relationship with God. I'm going to pour it into them. And they're going to be broken for the world. You know, we're sitting here today because Jesus chose to sit for three years through the highs and lows with a bunch of teenagers. You know, as we're talking about reaching the campus and uh, our, our stewardship, our calling as a church, as a, as a community, man, we're, we're talking about Jesus' original plan. It's not that he's skipping over older generations. It's that he's once, he knows that that's so easily to drift, that we miss out on his glorious, beautiful plan. You see, the contents of the jar make the jar valuable. The composition of the jar keeps the jar humble. The contents of the jar make the jar valuable. The, co the composition, what it's made of, the jar can never say, I'm something and I'm somebody. Do you know you're made out of dirt? I just, I just wanted to help somebody today. I, I, some of y'all are nudging your spouse right now and say, I told you that last night, but... Um, I, hear me, hear me, I'm I, I just trying to help you. From dust you came from and to dust you will return. We are here just for a twinkling of an eye. Eternity is long. 
And if you understand what Paul is saying this morning to us, he is saying that what I am putting inside of you, it is, it is eternally long, but you know what? You can hold it and you can dispense it. And the, you can be one who is poured out for others. Your life is poured out for others. Isn't this a message of the gospel? The gospel is that God became man. He put on his dirt suit the creator of the universe. How amazing. I mean, I'm, I, you guys look great today. But man, the, I'm thinking if I'm God, I, I, I can create anything. I'm stepping out uh, uh, you know, of heaven in a Lambo, probably. I'll just be honest. <laughs> On a cloud, just because nobody else can do that, right? And, and I'm probably going to, you know, er, pull up right upon, I don't know, Hitler or, you know, some, somebody who's like super evil and kind of come out, you know, with guns blazing, showing off my wonderful power. He came as a baby. The smallest form of dirt. <laughs> and he came. And then he lives this sinless life. He never makes a mistake. He never gives into a temptation. He never says yes to going the wrong way or thinking the wrong thing or acting in a wrong way or having the wrong attitude even towards God. And he forgives, and he heals, and he has compassion. And then he, he, he allows himself to be fully broken. He pours his whole life out. He literally lets his blood be spilled. All because he did not want heaven to exist without us. And he releases his life, and he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And God does something marvelous. We sang about it earlier, the temple curtain is torn. The presence of God is now available to each one of us today. You say, Pastor Delvin, you're, you're preaching, and I actually like this Jesus and what you're talking about, and the, he, he sounds valuable. Listen, today you need to know you're valuable to God. And once you understand that he has made you so treasured beyond all of that was already in heaven, angels and seraphim and cherubim and all these different things that are valued in heaven, he said heaven could not exist without my creation. I need them here. I'm going to have to die for them to get here. I'm going to have to be broken and poured out so that they could get here. I'm willing to do that. Wouldn't you want to serve that Jesus? I'll never forget in college, and I'm, I'm ending here, the most amazing question somebody asked me. I said, Delvin, you're in college, you're young, got your whole future ahead of you. If God is good and Jesus has risen from the dead, like he has all this power we're talking about today, why would you not give the best years of your life to serve him? I'll say it again. If God is good, and Jesus has risen from the dead, why would you not give your best years of your life to serve him? I said, yes. <laughs> what am I waiting on? Yeah. To get married, to get to, you know, that car with 2.5 kids? Am I waiting for the house? What am I waiting on? What are you waiting on today? Yes. Can I tell you that Jesus is to be treasured? And if you'll treasure him, he'll change you into that vessel of honor. Those are my two questions today, is do you treasure Jesus in your life? Is he your absolute treasure? Not just a, a useful 
vessel for you to, again, rub and he comes out, but absolutely treasure him. Absolutely, he's the treasure of my life. He's my joy. He's, I can't do without him. He's so valuable. There's nothing else more valuable than him. I'll give it all up. And the second question is, who you need to pour him out on? I'm going to pray because I feel like today is, is the steps, is the nudge some of y'all needed. It's time to surrender to Jesus, your life. You say, how do I do that? You're not just surrendering your bad. You're surrendering your good. You're surrendering your good ideas, your good plans, that good relationship, that good money that you have, all the stuff that you're like, hey, this is, this is a good thing. He wants the good, the bad, the ugly today. So I'm going to say just a quick prayer because I feel like there's conviction in the room. There's conviction even online. God's talking to you. You knew there was something off and you knew you just didn't know what was next. This is the first step, surrendering to Jesus, getting off of the throne of your life. And now you, you bow your knee to him. It's to him. It's to him. Jesus, lead me. I, I'll never forget. And I, I, pr- I try to pray this with every person. I try to help follow God. Wherever you lead me, I'll follow. Whatever you feed me, I'll swallow. That's the kind of prayer we need to pray today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer here that if you need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, not just thinking that, hey, I want to go to heaven. This is a, ser- a serious call that you want to do with soberness of mind. But you say, I want to surrender my life to Christ. That's what I'm going to pray for right now. All right, let's bow our heads. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Thank you that you are Lord. We proclaim that here. We, we don't just teach it in classes and, and in small groups, Lord, but we proclaim it boldly even now. You're Lord. You're in control. You are the leader. You're the head coach. You're the one who knows what to do. So our eyes are on you. You know, right where you're at, you probably know because your heart's beating really fast. You probably know because you've been putting this off for weeks, some of us months, some of us years. But today's the day. Today's the day where you surrender to him. If that's you, I want you just to look up at me. Heads bowed, eyes open, don't want to look up at me. You say, today I want to surrender to Jesus. Today I'm going, to, I'm going to fully give up trying to lead my own life, and I'm going to give Jesus my life. I see, you, I see your face. I see your face. Look up at me. If that's you, you say, you know what, today's the day. I'm surrendering everything to Jesus. It's great. It's great. Anyone else? Block the light here so I can see you up there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you right now for my friends. Lord, they're not just looking at me. They're looking to you. Lord, you, you have done something for them that is far more powerful than anyone else could do for them. Even what they could do for themselves. You have laid your life down so that they could know that they're treasured by you. And if they have you as the treasure... Lord, they can lay their lives down, be broken for others. Lord, I pray for my friends. Lord, even as we sang earlier, wherever you take them, Lord, let them be led by you. And Lord, let them uh, be able to bear the cross that you have for them. Lord, not shrinking back. Not putting their hands to the plow and looking back, but saying, Jesus, I I trust you with this next season. I trust you with every area of my life. 
You know, if, there, if you have prayed that, this, praying this prayer with me, if there's something in your life that you know is not right with God, this is the, this is the day today, as soon as you get home, go, go make it right. Go make it right with that person. Go get rid of those files. Go, go, uh, go call someone, whatever it is. It's time to make things right in every area of your life. Lord, I thank you for how simple it is and how gracious a God you are, that we can turn to you and be, you can be our Lord. In Jesus' name, man. Delvin, let's, let's stay in this yeah, moment yeah. for a moment. There's only two minutes left in the service, but I, I, I just feel the sobriety and the conviction of God. It's easy to just kind of turn and go out and get into your, your space. Pastor Delvin, I was, while you were preaching, I was thinking about how he, this is how he's lived for a couple of decades. The, our, our congregation in Murfreesboro, and in Clarksville, he led those guys to the Lord, helped see them called up to their destiny. He's overseeing our campus ministry and raising up the next generation of leaders. I don't really think that his message was casual, kind of like it could be to you, oh, this is a cute youth Sunday. I think it was a bit more than that. I think Jesus snuck up on us and took us all a little bit deeper. I believe the call was prophetic. And I believe that sometimes we as humans can accidentally be dismissive. So let me be more specific. Some of you in here today, God just drew a line and called you on his own lordship with your life, your trajectory, your destiny. He just altered it or he'd already altered. He just bring you into the light of how much you need to say yes. You know, I, and it, I, I've been struggling with this the whole time. I just think that sometimes as humans, we take the moment and we just have it personally. But I believe this message was public. And I'm really not trying to embarrass anybody. But I think you need a, a moment that's more holy. Can't force you to do anything. I'm not actually trying to force you to do anything, but I'm trying to help you not turn away when you leave here from what God is telling you to do. If the conviction was for you to come under the Lordship of Christ, especially with your trajectory, the next step of your life, for some of you, I feel strongly that is ministry. You don't have to know what it means yet. You just, gotta, you just need to say yes. And even if I'm doing poor, with explaining this and like Pastor Delvin said you feel that conviction in your heart I want to I want you to stand not so we can embarrass you but so we can become your first partners we can become the first people who pray stand encourage give because when you're saying yes to the Lord it's going to take the body of believers around you to see it come to pass so, Pastor Delvin, I want you to join me and let's encourage them to maybe stand up and come forward and we'll pray for them one more time before we go. Amen. Amen. Just pray for them now. No, yeah. no, if that's you. Oh, go ahead. Stand up. Thank yeah, you, yeah. myself. Thank you. 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 Thank you for saying yes to the Lord. Come on, encourage. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's the right decision. 
I know. I, that's like you're just seeing you feel the weight of it, don't you? Your yes, it's real. That's why this moment is for you. I encourage you. I'm standing with you. We'll train you, we'll equip you, we'll help you figure out what that yes means, but it's real. Yes. It's real for you right now. It's real. Yes, we want to pray for you. But the same grace that called those pastors out, mm -hmm. the same grace that you kind of, you were in it, but you, I want you to thunder mm -hmm. with that prophetic yeah. grace. You don't call yourself a prophet, yeah. but there's a prophetic mantle on you in this moment mm -hmm. to call us out and pray yes. for us. Yes. Yes, Lord. I, I just pray for these that are standing. If they're next to you, just, just extend your hand to them. See someone standing next to you. This is a holy moment in their life. Holy moment for them being selected out. You know, in, in, in the Bible, people were called out publicly. It wasn't just a whisper off in the closet. Uh, God made what was known in private to them public to everyone else. And so there was an anointing placed on uh, a prophetess or a prophet or a, a priest. And they were, God was setting them apart and making it known for everyone else. And so I believe even you standing, God is, is doing his work in your life. And so, Lord, I pray for these that are standing. I thank you right now for the Holy Spirit that's coming upon them. Lord, not to overwhelm or to break them down, but to build them up. Lord, to strengthen them, to give them the power they need to do what you've called them to do. I thank you, Lord, that there's going to be moments and weeks and months, Lord, where they're going to want to shrink back, but something inside of them is going to say, no, I have to live for Jesus. I have to fulfill the assignment. I have to fulfill the purpose. I have to fulfill the calling that's placed on my life. Lord, I pray even as we talked about Apostle Paul today, Lord, that you would take these where you're promising that you would take them. Lord, you told Paul he would go before kings, that he would go before rulers and authorities, and he could not shake that, even in the face of death. He knew that you were going to take him in front of those type of people. And Lord, I pray for that unique calling to come upon every friend of mine standing up. Lord, the people that they're assigned to, will you speak that, Lord? The people that you have placed, Lord, in, their, in front of them, that, that they're supposed to serve, they're supposed to wash the feet of, they're supposed to call out and pray and intercede for. I pray you would begin to put that on their heart even now. Lord, begin to put faces on their hearts, begin to put nations on their heart, groups of people on their heart. Lord, let the compassion of God fill them up to, to overflowing even now. And I pray, God, that you would begin to direct them up to what's next. As soon as they walk out of here, I pray for divine uh, relationships, if they do not have them, that can help them walk forward. For every Paul, Lord, I thank you there's a Barnabas. Lord, for every Silas, I thank you there's a Paul. Lord, I thank you that there are men and women assigned to them to help them to make it to succeed, to fulfill the calling of God on their life. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for all of those that are going to be impacted through their service. Lord, we just pray for them right now. Lord, I pray as soon as these show up in their life, things will happen. Hearts would change. Hard hearts would get softened. Lord, that there would be confirmation for them that this is what they're supposed to do, in Jesus' name.